0: Welcome to to the Higgins Higgins House House and my mommy's podcast. Hey you guys and welcome back to another episode of the Higgins House. Today you just get me. Most of the times we have guests, but today I have a topic that I've always been very passionate about and that I want to cover. This is an episode that requires me to be incredibly raw about how I feel in motherhood on a daily basis. You see, there are many, many moms out there, myself included, who actually hate motherhood. Now hear me all the way through. I didn't say that we hate our children, so don't come for me. But for so many of us, we love our children. But all of the unspoken expectations, the feelings of inadequacy, And the daily stressors of the job can often cause us to lay down at the end of the day and just hate it. Motherhood is challenging for everyone. There are days that it's absolute hell. It requires top-of-the-line organization, prioritizing, and time management skills that, as an ADHD mom, frankly, I do not have. Dr. Ellen Littman, a clinical psychologist who specializes in ADHD, once said, It's the perfect choreography of the brain's executive functions, plus infinite patience, a high tolerance for boring housework, and an almost inhumane emotional calm. Why is it that no matter how hard we look to find quality parenting advice, we still end up trying to do the things that they suggest, and we still end up feeling even worse and more alone by the end of it? So why is it as mothers that we feel so inadequate? So unworthy, so sad, so forever exhausted and overwhelmed. I blame social media and television in general most of the time. As silly as I Love Lucy was, homegirl still didn't have her shit together. We saw children misbehave and families handle it on TV, but how many shows do you watch that you truly see a mom representing exactly how you feel? Dr. Littman says the feminine ideal is crazy. It expects you to cooperatively organize everyone without complaining and look great while you do it. It's unrealistic. There's the part of you that knows it's unrealistic, and then there's the part of you that pursues it anyways. And that is when the unhealthy, comparing, competing, and internal conversations begin. That's when you stay up until 2 a.m. staring at the ceiling wondering how you ruined your child that day. Or staying up till 3 a.m. creating crafty teacher gifts and banging your head against the wall. You know what this is? It's mental health. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, how we feel, how we act. It also helps us determine how we're going to handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life. From childhood and adolescence all the way through adulthood. And no, that doesn't mean that we're crazy. Now, is my mental health scale dipped a little more in favor of unreliable and unstable? Absolutely. But even if life is great for you right now, you still have mental health to support. And for whatever reason, no one wants to talk about it. Luckily, we're in a time that this is changing, and more and more moms are coming out and sharing their stories. But unfortunately, because it's not been shared often up to this point, we feel like we're not supposed to discuss our own mental health and our own struggles when we need help. So what do we do? I'm not going to tell you that there's a magical wand out there that you can wave and it's going to fix everything. What I can tell you is that there are ways to cope, to manage, to survive, And some are easier than others. So here are just a few of the things that I try to do and often fail, let's be honest. And I want to share them with you so that maybe they can help you too. Number one, pick a routine and keep it consistent. And not just for your kids. We know that children thrive off of structure and consistency. Have you ever noticed that your kid wants to watch the same movie or the same episode of Bluey over and over and over again? It's because they love repetition. It gives them a sense of control because they know exactly what to expect. So what if we can create that for them? Why, why can't we create it for ourselves? I recently found an app that we are loving for our children. It's called the Goalie app. Goalie is designed to help kids build independent skills over time. They graduate from visual schedules to checklists and reminders. And while it was built in its original form for individuals with autism or ADHD, It is incredibly useful for our family and for any child or even adult. Once I've created the routine in the app, an alarm goes off and Zane follows the visual instructions step by step. We've had it for seven days. All week long, Zane has gotten himself up, himself dressed, packed his own backpack, brushed his teeth, and was ready to walk out the door without me having to chase him around. Do you know why? Because it was visual right there in front of him. And this opened up opportunities for me to handle my own things and to follow my own routines. Create a schedule. It goes hand-in-hand with the Goalie app or any other form. You can use Google or Siri or whatever is beneficial to you. And when I say create a schedule, I don't mean the natural schedule that you've created over time. I mean an on-paper schedule that you follow until it becomes habit. Number two. Create time for daily self-care. Now, I'm going to say something that not everybody agrees with. A trip to the grocery store by myself is self-care and me time. I know that some people believe that self-care or me time needs to not include our everyday chores as moms. But I believe that any time I have alone or designated alone with my husband is self-care. A bath is necessary, but if I'm soaking alone with a glass of wine, I am calling it self-care. Model taking time for yourself to your children. Children need time to relax and wind down just like we do. Self-care can look different for everyone. Try going for a walk, meditate, pray, journal, breathe, and not just because it's required to live. Number three, emotionally regulate. This is, in my opinion, one of the most important things we will ever teach our children. But so many of us grew up in a generation that told us to stuff our feelings in. That we were being dramatic if we had big feelings. We were shushed and told to be quiet. And it seems silly, but do you know your emotions? Do you recognize them yourself when they surface? Do you know and recognize how they appear? What does mad look like for you? What about hurt? What about exhaustion? You see, when our kids are exhausted, they throw tantrums and they throw themselves on the floor and they cry and they scream and they yell. We do the same thing. We just do it in an adult version. I can tell when I'm nervous because my stomach feels funny and my legs get shaky. But do you recognize your emotions and how you respond to them? It is incredibly powerful when we take the time to reteach ourselves how to regulate how to recognize when we are overstimulated or overwhelmed, and when to stop and take a breath. And by ensuring that we know how to do that, we are teaching our children to do that. The other day, Zane actually told me I needed to go breathe. And he was right. Number four, self-talk. I keep a note in my phone that I wrote once and for some reason never deleted. It says, your children are worthy of kind words. And so are you? How do you speak to yourself? When things are going right, how do you speak to yourself? When things are going wrong, how do you speak to yourself? As adults, we can help our children notice and challenge their own negative self-talk or those inaccurate perceptions of the world. For example, I try to catch Zane when he says, I can't do it! And I gently try to help him find evidence to prove that he can, in fact, do it. But do I apply it to myself? Do I remind myself every day that I can do these things, that I was chosen just to raise these babies? You know that phrase, treat others the way you want to be treated? Well, treat yourself the way you want to be treated. A simple way to practice positive thinking habits is by cultivating gratitude. So next family dinner, ask each family member to share something that they're grateful for or something that they're proud of from that day. Help teach your children gratitude and kindness to themselves and to each other. Last but not least, find your community. It is so incredibly important to find a community that supports you, that you can be brutally honest with, that you can support when they are in need, a group of moms who get it. Create a network of people from work, from your community, neighbors, family. They say it takes a village to raise a child. Do you have a village? Try applying these things this week. It's not an overnight fix by any means, but I hope that these tips and tricks can help you feel more confident in your daily walk through motherhood. Remember to love yourself, Mama. You're worth it.